Governments again reminded South Africans that spreading fake news during COVID-19 lockdown is an offence under the Disaster Management Act. It's made a pretty good example of the message that made the rounds on social media yesterday, which caused many people to rush to liquor outlets to stock up on booze. Now, the voice clip had claimed President Sul Ramaphosa would reimpose the ban on alcohol sales after a spike in accidents. But just how seriously does government take the issue of fake news? Media lawyer Emma Sadler is with me to explore this. Good afternoon, to you, Emma. What do the disaster management laws say around fake news? Good afternoon, Joanne. Well, it's an interesting one um, because what happened was that there was very quickly this uh, offence which was brought out under the regulations of the Disaster Management Act. And I think a lot of people were horrified because, you know, we normally follow the lawmaking process and it normally takes years before we get new laws. And then suddenly overnight we had this fake news offence. Um, basically what the law says is that if you spread fake news, what they call disinformation, with the intention to deceive. Now, that's very important because if you're sharing information without the intention to deceive, you're not going to be hit by this criminal offense. And it's limited only to fake news or disinformation about COVID. So it's either got to be about COVID, about the actual disease, or about government's reaction to COVID, or about the infection status of some of a person. But if uh, you're found guilty of this crime, and there have been various people who've been arrested already in South Africa under this new criminal offence, uh, then you can pay six months in prison. So, so that's very interesting indeed. I, I want to just make a distinction here. How, how does one determine the, the spreader or the originator's intention to be malicious? Yeah, well, that is what would have to be determined in the court process. You know, we, we are not strangers to the uh, principle um, of intention in court processes. And I think it's probably worth mentioning as well. And if you followed the Oscar Pistorius trial with any kind of interest, you'll remember the term dolus eventualis. Now, basically what that means is that intention can be direct intention. You know, I intended to deceive the person that I sent this fake voice note to, whether it was because I made up some fake thing and then I said, but if you buy this product, then um, you don't need to worry about it. Or whether I indirectly intended to deceive them, which is when you foresee that a possibility might arise, an outcome might arise, and you proceed in the same way anyway. And I thought a pretty interesting example of that was the guy who I call the earbud guy. I don't know if you saw that video. It was a couple of months ago. I think it was in April. A guy called Stephen Donald Birch, who filmed himself. So I call this self-incrimination or shooting yourself (laughs) in the footage. But he filmed himself with this earbud stuck up his nose. It was the most bizarre video, but it went completely viral. Um, it was seen by so many people, I mean millions of people, um, in which he said that if you are screened or tested um, for COVID, then you will contract COVID because all the test kits are contaminated, right? So I personally knew people who were very, very unwell who were refusing to go and be tested because they'd watched this video. And in that video, a number of times, he said, I might be wrong. You know, if I'm wrong, I'll apologize, but don't be tested, right? So he almost reconciled himself to the fact that he might be sharing something which wasn't true, and he proceeded with the same course of action. So, so, you know, we can read in this indirect intention 
But I think that given that this is a pretty new offence and everybody's kind of watching quite carefully, um, if you could show, for example, that this voice note that was being circulated yesterday saying that uh, the alcohol ban was going to be reinstated and you could trace it to somebody who owned a liquor store, for example, because they were saying that it was better than Christmas, the sales that they were doing yesterday, um, then then you you would be able to, to uh, I think, probably prove quite easily that they intended to cause this panic buying um, by spreading something that they knew to be false. So, so Emma, you mentioned earlier that uh, that there are quite a few cases of this nature in the pipeline being prosecuted as we speak, including the, the uh, earbud gentleman case. But, but give me a sense if have any of them actually reached completion in the courts. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, we all know how slow the wheels of justice turn in South Africa, um, and I think even more so during lockdown, uh, everything, everything's on a bit of a go slow. Um, but, you know, you know th- th- there's been a lot of negative reportage about this offence, and I don't think it's warranted. I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, it's a very contained offence. It's not saying everybody who shares fake news any, about anything could be prosecuted. It's got to be about COVID. Um, and, you know, we're dealing with a pandemic here, and we're dealing with people's physical health. And what we're really seeing is people's physical health being compromised by the amounts of disinformation being circulated. I'm sure you'll remember, Joanne, in the early days. I mean, every day I was receiving messages about how if you could hold your breath for 10 seconds, you didn't have COVID. And if you gargle with a bit of apple cider vinegar or, or, you know, drink salt water, then it can't survive or it can't survive in certain temperatures. You know, and then people sort of gambling with their health on the basis of this disinformation. So I think that it is warranted. I think that the two caveats, firstly, that it's got to be with an intention to deceive. Uh, so if you, you know, if you innocently forward on that voice note that you get from the Tunny on the voice on the, on the community WhatsApp group, really thinking that you're sharing good information, you're not going to be prosecuted. And it's only about COVID. But I do think that this should be a reminder for all of us that we should really be taking the approach that fake news stops with me. You know, that's my approach is presume every single thing I receive and every single thing I read on social media is false until I can go and prove that it's true. Um, You know, go and investigate it, uh, check if it's a credible source, check it uh, against the source it purports to come from. So, uh, you know, often it'll say this university has published the study. Well, go to that university's Facebook page and see if they've released a statement saying they're aware of fake news. Um, Google it, see if the main news sites are carrying that same information. Um, Presume that every single thing you receive, particularly voice notes, are dangerous. And particularly where there's no source, where there's no person saying, this is who I am and these are my credentials. Um, Make sure that you are very, very skeptical um, and don't share that information until you're absolutely sure it's true. Such great advice, Emma Sadler. Thank you so much for that. She's a social media law expert.